Low sexual desire and libido, like that's the price that we have to pay for our definition or current definition or false definition of success. And so I think right now as women, we have a very beautiful opportunity to birth a new female archetype, which is, in my opinion, called the creatress. And to also have a bigger conversation on how do we leave Earth a better place for all generations to come as female leaders, as female entrepreneurs, and the impact that we have on the world at large, especially through sisterhood. Like, how do we do that in a way that is so fulfilling and so nourishing? This is Impact, the podcast where we explore entrepreneurship, mindset, and health to provide you with the ingredients for an unregrettable version of your life story. What's so interesting about this series on human potential is that if I had done this series a year ago and had pulled the speakers and guests for this series a year ago, it would have been an entirely different landscape. We would have pushed this notion of biohacking and and physiological optimization. And what I'm finding so interesting is is the natural conversations that I was attracted to as we created the series. We're sure we can talk about, we talked about brain health with Dr. Chu, but we got into mindset pieces, this notion of attraction, this idea of consciousness and and engaging in our subconscious. And as I have done, and I, I talked about this at the beginning of the year, that one of my intentions for this year was to do more breath work, to do more meditation. As this has become part of the conversation and the action that I am taking in my own life, it, it makes sense that the evolution of this conversation on the podcast and certainly as part of the series is inclusive of those ideas as well. And my conversation today with my friend Izzy Dr. Isabel Sharkar is is really all about tapping in to that state of consciousness. She has an amazing uh, new new program coming out called the Conscious Creatress. And normally I don't open with, oh, and here's the program because it's actually not what the conversation is about. But just the language and the words, I think, lend themselves to laying the landscape of our conversation. I can talk slowly when I need to. I feel like this is one of the slowest speaking conversations I had because I was truly thinking and contemplating in every back and forth dialogue that we had. It was challenging my pre-constructs of how we establish ourselves as leaders, in particular as women. Izzy and I got into what has to be intentional in our lives as women and in our businesses so that we can actually flourish, which is different than the model that we have been handed through generations of predominantly patriarchal business design. We talk about this idea of sovereignty, which was her language contrasted to mine, which is self-authorization. How do we step into our power as women unapologetically? What does that process look like? Why is that so meaningful and required for us to really uh, delve into and step onto that, that podium of leadership that is so required right now? This was a conversation and the intention of this conversation is really to lay a groundwork of permission for you as a leader and as a builder and as an entrepreneur and as someone who's seeking impact in your life to do it in a manner that is entirely self-serving. And the lens through which we say that is that when we are truly living in a state of purpose, that self-service lends power to our ability 
to impact and contribute on a larger scale in a positive way. That is the lens that moves us around or away from this notion of selfishness and into this idea of maximized impact, of maximized human potential. If you are ready to have your mind blown, your way of thinking challenged, and really to step in to the most intentional and purposeful state and stage and season of your life, then my friends, this interview and this conversation is for you. It is my pleasure to introduce you to Dr. Isabel Sharkar. Dr. Isabel Sharkar, welcome to Impact. Thank you. So good to be here. Okay, so we have some really important things to unpack in the next 30 minutes or so. How do we change the world as female entrepreneurs and creators and builders while simultaneously unpacking and discovering who we are, adding energy and nourishment to our life? Like literally, how do we build ourselves up? accompanying our our building of amazing, impactful things in this world, because our natural inclination is to leave ourselves depleted. So there's there's so many elements and so many cool things that we are going to unpack in today's episode. Before we do that, can you share, Isabel, just a little bit more about who you are, why you are so passionate about this work in the world, and then we're going to break it all down. Of course. I am a naturopathic doctor and I've been running an integrative medical practice called Indigo Integrative Health Clinic located in Georgetown in Washington, D.C. for like over a decade now. And I went to Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine. And the thing that led me to naturopathic medicine was really understanding more than just like, you know, prescription drugs, but like really understanding the body and like how everything works together. And so I'm super passionate about natural healing and also intertwining it with like the power of the subconscious mind and the spirituality aspect. Like in order for us to heal, it's mind, body, soul. And so I've always been a truth seeker since a young child. And it just led me down this path of like where I am today. And I've always been so curious about like, how do we become superhuman? How do we use more than, you know, 10% of our brain the way that we've been told? And how do we really like access like this power that is available to all of us? And so I'm just an avid student of that. Okay. So you, you've studied naturopathic medicine, you've done like the hardcore science piece, and then you have built, you've built off of that. Like I think you've carried on that journey. And this is one of my observations about our profession in general is that there's a path and a journey and a continuation. And part of our power is in our diversity of where people happen to have jumped off and are hanging out in their practice for a period of time. And then I feel like we jump back onto this conveyor belt of healing and uh, we just we just keep going deeper. Like we ourselves as, as healers and as practitioners sort of peel off the layers of the onion. And so I guess, you know, before we jump into some of the things you are doing now, have you always approached health this way? Has this been a journey? Like, have you like, where did you start versus where you're at now? No, I haven't always been on this journey. Like when we came to America, I was eating, I don't know, like most of my, up until naturopathic medical school, I was a normal individual, you know, like I was drinking my Dr. Pepper and like... <laughs> individual with Dr. Pepper. Okay, that's... Diet Dr. Pepper and all the phenyl, like all the neurotoxins. Yeah, the standard American diet and like Taco Bell and just like all the stuff. And so it wasn't until I went into naturopathic medical school 
where I really learned so much about like nutrition and health and healing and detoxification and like my whole life changed. I didn't even know what a vegan was when I went into naturopathic medicine, which was so shocking. So it was like this whole new world. And so I really like allowed myself the process of like sinking into it and like allowing that to become my reality. Like, I just remember I didn't even, I wasn't even drinking much water growing up. Okay. So before we really unpack this, first of all, I can't stop laughing to myself that that your your reference point for the average normal person is diet Dr. Pepper. It's just, <laughs> it's just fantastic. There's there's the avatar right there. But it is not a small undertaking financially, time-wise, emotionally to step in and study naturopathic medicine. And it doesn't sound like you had had a robust exposure to the breadth of what this this career and system of healing was all about before you're like, I'm going to do that. Is that accurate? Yeah. I mean, I have people who spend months trying to figure out what email system to use and can't make a decision on it. And you you jumped in to this four-year, like a quarter of a million dollar commitment because you're like, why? I mean this so respectfully, but I'm like, this is amazing. Like, how did you do that? So just a little background. My mom has always been in medicine. So when I went um, into undergrad, I was like, I was a bio major. And then I wanted to graduate in three years. So I went to uh, summer school and just like ended up like condensing everything in three years because I wanted to be a young doctor. And then I was finally getting ready to study for the MCATs. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm like the amount of hurdles I need to jump through to prove that I'm a healer, healer, not a doctor. Like, so to speak, to like look good on paper. I'm just like, this is appalling. And then there was like, I was just watching the waves. And then there was like the whole dentistry wave. And I was like, okay, let me just explore dentistry. And so I went into, I shadowed a pediatric dentist and I learned all about like the teeth and things like that. And then I was like, this isn't it either. Like I applied to like 18 different dental schools. And just before like getting any letters back, I took my DATs. I was like, this isn't it. Like if, if Izzy doesn't want this, she's not going to go and get it. And so like, I just didn't have that like burning desire to go and get it. And so I was stuck for like a year searching for like where, okay, like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, where am I going with this medical degree? And all of a sudden I learned about naturopathic medicine. And so honestly, like I looked at all the different naturopathic schools. I think there was like five in the country and I just went straight for Arizona. I just like only applied to Arizona. I interviewed in Arizona. I based it off of the weather and I just went there and it was like the most amazing spiritual experience I've ever had in my life, just like even being in Arizona, but also like the whole thing together. But that's how it actually happened. Are most of your decisions made through your intuition that way? I would say so. It's like that gut feeling of like, when I get a full body, yes, I'm a full body. Yes. And I just get the logic out and the, like the minute you start like mind logic uh, getting you know that process involved and you start being logical about it, then you're just denying your truth. And so I've really fine-tuned how to listen to my own truth and just say yes. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like that too. It is, um, I mean, I can sit in the logic space, but I, I'm definitely very clear on the hard nose. Like those are extremely obvious. Like the, even as you said, dentist, dentistry, I was like, <laughs> I could, I could feel your energy coming off of that piece. Okay. So we were chatting before we, we really went deep on this and it was actually, I wish we had hit record because it was actually a, like a beautiful segue and description of really what you hope women can achieve and flow into 
through their contribution to creation and building in the world. Can you talk a little bit about that? You have a new book coming out. The subtitle speaks to this notion of leaders living in in flow. What are you talking about? I want to start to paint a picture for people of how we can have massive contribution and impact and simultaneously be in a state of growth and balance because it's kind of like the lost city of Atlantis. I feel like no one really thinks it exists. And you described it so perfectly before we got started. What are you talking about when you're talking about this idea of living in flow and bringing leaders to that place? What does that look like for you? So I'll start off with a quote from the Dalai Lama who said that the Western woman will heal the world. And so I really sat with that for a bit of time and I was like, yes. And I started to add on to that. I'm like the conscious creatress, the woman who is creating life on her terms and who's living in fulfillment and flow, that woman will heal the world from a place of wholeness. And so it's really like looking at our ancestors and looking at our mothers and our grandmothers and like everyone that came before us and like how women have been portrayed and like where we've been in business. And it's like, we only know how to run our businesses based off of like the patriarchy. And so we're following the steps of men and how we run our businesses, but that's not really what's best for our feminine bodies. And we're four different women throughout the entire month. And so to expect to be, for example, in the cycle of summer all the time is setting ourselves up for, for failure, really. And so I started really playing with this concept and just looking at myself and how I've been showing up and, you know, building a practice and being a female entrepreneur. And something's got to give. It's like sacrificing our pleasure and our health for what? For burnout, for exhaustion, for burning the candle on both ends, for adrenal depletion, for infertility, for like low sexual desire and libido. Like that's the price that we have to pay for our definition or current definition or false definition of success. And so I think right now as women, we have a very beautiful opportunity to birth a new female archetype, which is, in my opinion, called the creatress. And to also have a bigger conversation on how do we leave Earth a better place for all generations to come as female leaders, as female entrepreneurs, and the impact that we have on the world at large, especially through sisterhood. Like, How do we do that in a way that is so fulfilling and so nourishing? How do we do that? Like, how do we break out of that? I think it's a great description, that patriarchal landscape and like, just like stick the flag down for doing it a different way. Like, how have you seen people starting to actually make that work? So what I've seen is like, when we're looking at our business structure, it's so easy to like get into these hours that may not be what's really what we want. So like, we can change our, we can, we can start dreaming about how to structure or envisioning how to actually structure a schedule that really works for us. And like, what are our priorities? What are our values? Do we have kids? Do we want kids? Are we married? Do we want to be married? Like, do we want to travel a lot? Do we want to be remote? So it's like, what are the Mm non-negotiables that we need to start with in that vision? And I think once we start mapping that out, then we can start figuring out how that, how our career how our service to humanity fits into our lifestyle instead of the other way around. And so I think we have way more power to envision how we live life on our terms than we're giving ourselves. And the reason why we don't give it to ourselves is because we're stuck in this like pattern of thinking based off of like 
society, what we've grown up in. And so, you know, what we've learned in our families and it's time to break free from that. And so I think we need to give ourselves permission to break free from that, to give ourselves permission to envision a new way of doing things for us. And then to get really clear on what our non-negotiables are and to include self-care as if it's our job as well. And it's not a luxury to take care of yourself. It's not a luxury to sleep. It's not a luxury to get a massage. It's a necessity. And so once we start reprogramming the way that we think about self-care and our health and well-being, that's when I think everything starts to shift and change around us. It's so interesting. I read this, I read this study in the last few weeks and was talking about burnout and the prevalence of burnout in women versus men. And the article was authored by a man. And sort of the overarching conclusion was, you know, there's there's physiological and genetic predeterminants that make women more susceptible to burnout. And it was so fascinating to me because I was like, thank you for mansplaining the fact <laughs> that we actually have we have different needs that we could set our day up differently, that the entire world has evolved into a structure that predominantly works well for men. And I joke all the time in our neighborhood, we have a subway station right at the bottom of our street. And, and days I was in clinic, I'd get on the subway at 7.30 in the morning. And it was like me and all of the husbands who were literally skipping to the subway because they were so happy that they weren't packing lunches and worrying about drop-off and they left the screaming kids and they're like, just get me back to the office where it's like peaceful and quiet in my domain. And it, w- it was just really interesting. And I don't, I, don't begrudge, uh, I don't begrudge them being happy at all. It's very interesting that we haven't actually stopped and gone, does this landscape actually work for all contributing members of our society? And as we are recognizing the importance of women being present and leading these organizations, there has to be an equal recognition of the fact that, that different families have different lifestyle needs and different individuals have different lifestyle needs and, and the way it's always been done isn't necessarily going to work. 100%. And entrepreneurship is a really beautiful place to start to build those new structures into place. It's really hard to go down to the law firm with 250 lawyers and be like, you know what? I want to restructure how we all run our, our days. There's, there's just so much institutional tradition that that's a, that's a challenging, uh, that's a challenging model or place to, uh, place to start. Take us through how you consciously and intentionally, uh, design your day and then place your business on top of it. Right now, because I'm living in Portugal, the beauty of actually being ahead of, you know, Eastern time is that I get what, like five hours to myself to actually like do my fitness and like do the housework. And just like, I think it's all about, for me, it's waking up earlier and also being ahead of America because my business is American based. And so I have that advantage of being able to take care of myself and like prioritize what's necessary for me. I'm also in the process of building a house with my husband. So like that's also requiring a lot of time and effort and attention. Um, so there's um, different projects that I'm going through. But the most important thing for me is like the delegation piece is the ability to hire help and to ask for help and to also like train somebody to do things in the way that I do them so that it frees me up to focus on being in my zone of genius. And so that's basically like my day in a nutshell, it changes every single day, to be quite honest. So you're not, you're not a, you're not a stickler for a routine that has to be in place. 
I have a routine. Like there's certain things that definitely need to be done, but there's a lot of flexibility in how it gets done. If there's like certain classes that I'm taking, then I know what days those are on. If I am working on the clinic remotely, then I know when I'm doing that. Like I have those scheduled. When I'm working on the house, like then I have that in my schedule as well. So it's like I have all of that like in a weekly map and it is dynamic. It does change. So your schedule is actually informs your to-do list and your action. Yeah. It's interesting as, as I look at more leaders and how they manage their time, it is less about the daily to-dos, which is like a never-ending energy. It's actually like energetically really challenging. And their whole to-do list is like just chunks of action that need to be taking place in different areas of their life. And it's really fascinating to, to watch that piece. I think as we start to like build out that routine and build out those times, one of the things you said in passing that I think is really worth unpacking a little bit is that you said in any given month, we are four different women. What were you talking about there? So for example, like we go through, well, hormonally, our hormones change every week. And so, you know, we have our estrogen or progesterone and like the luteal phase and the follicular phase. And so all of that changes. And then also we have like the cycles as far as like going through summer, which is when we are, you know, when things are blossoming and our projects are coming into fruition and we're in like full blossom and every, you know, you're just like very energetic. And then you go into fall where, where you start to wind down and you need more sleep and more nurturing and more self care and you're shedding and you're letting go. And then you go through, you go through winter where you're like hibernating and you're just like regenerating and replenishing. And then you come out through spring where it's like rebirth again. You're birthing something anew. As we're going through like our moon slash menstrual cycles, we also go through these different, these different elements too at the same time. And so it could be, you could go through four different phases in one day. (laughs) You could go through four different phases in a month and then you go through... Sometimes they're all in an hour. No, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And then you've got like the seasons in a year. So it's just like, the main point though, is that when you're in a season or you're in a cycle, it's just to really allow yourself to be in that season and cycle and not to make yourself feel wrong or that you should be in summer or that you should be like really hardcore about producing something, especially when you look at your workout. Like, like during your menstrual cycle, you're, you want to do some like restorative yin yoga. You're not going to be doing burpees or like, you know, what something really hard, HI, like hit or something really hardcore. But then like right after, you have that energy and you're like ready to go. So I think it's just about not making yourself feel guilty or wrong and really honoring the season and the cycle that you're in so that you can embrace that. Because once you do that, when you really embrace the cycles, that's when you have the most amazing and epic summer. How do you reconcile? And this is always my challenge when we start to, we start to break things down. And you know, I, I love having these conversations and recognize all of these elements and that we can really accentuate our power when we start to leverage the benefit of, of the cyclicity that we get to live in. How do we reconcile the fact that sometimes there's just like frank responsibility that we have to adhere to in a particular moment? Like I desperately want to hibernate and I have to give a keynote address next week. Like how do we manage that piece? without that leading to burnout? The first thing that comes to mind is like, you get, you have somewhat control, maybe a little bit like over your schedule. 
and your monthly overview, right? So if you can map your, if you can become self aware to the point where you can map out when you're going to need hibernation, especially when it comes to your energetic cycle, then you map the things out that are really good for you, that are nurturing for you. And so like when you're in high, Summer, for example, then that's when you're going to do most of your schedule, scheduling for like keynote speaking or whatever. But sometimes when you don't have that luxury and it falls on a date where that's not available to you, then it's um, putting the desire to hibernate on a shelf, focusing on the present moment and doing what you need to do. And as soon as you're done, going back into that. I think it's just a flipping your perspective, getting what you need to do done, and then coming back and honoring that, but not skipping it. Because if you skip it, there are consequences for like not giving to yourself what you're truly desiring. I agree with you on that. I would have patience. And the reason they would come to me, I worked with entrepreneurs, is they're like, my other naturopath told me I should get a new career because I'm just so go, go, go. And everyone told me you wouldn't say that. And I would and I wouldn't say that. And often they'd come to me, you know, exhausted, but in a funding round. And they're like, I've got four more months of this. Like there is I'm not like, I cannot stop. And I would negotiate with them. I'd be like, okay, I will keep you alive and well and thriving for four months. And then you owe me six weeks of like total restoration. Otherwise we're just digging a hole. Like we have, we have to sort of fill in some of that land. And I feel that for myself. So, so interesting because we run a big event in November and for three years, right at this event, I'd get my period on the first day of this event and it would drive me would drive me crazy. And I'd have all my practitioners in my mastermind are like, that is the worst time to run an event. And I was like, thank you, but I have 600 people. And so I pre- I'm just going to shelve all of your good wishes on that. <laughs> and then I just made this conscious decision. I was like, this has to change. And so I didn't change the dates of my event. I literally, my whole, it's like consciously my menstrual cycle was like, okay, you know what? We're going to work with you. And it did. And it like, it switched off by like 15 days. It just, it was like one month that just decided, you know what, this is the month we're going to mess with her. And now we're back in business. And I, it was so interesting. Like I, I feel like my body and my intention managed that for me. And some of you will be listening to this and be like, that is the nuttiest thing she's ever said. And then the other half will be like, it's so not like that gives me goosebumps because you have no idea how many times I've actually communicated with my body. Mm-hmm. And she listens. like, my body listens to me. Like there are times where I'm like, Hmm. So I have this big event coming on. Like, can you come a little earlier, a little after? And it would like my moon cycle actually would honor that. And so like, like I said in the beginning, like you have no idea how incredibly powerful you are. And every cell in your body listens to everything that you think and everything that you say to yourself. And so why not? Why wouldn't your body be your best friend? If you treat it as such, if you can have that relationship with your body where you're in unison and you actually like listen to one another. When your body speaks, you listen. It's communicating to you through like discomfort or happiness or whatever it is, all the emotions. So I think 100% like you can have that relationship with your body. Thank you for validating that piece. Cause I'm like, oh, I feel that like so, so strongly. Like my, my body tells me what to do before, before my brain definitely does. And we, We've all been socialized and cultured to, to frankly su- suppress that piece. Birth control, mm-hmm. Advil, allergy medication. We're like, mm, when the body has a voice, we need to quiet it so that we can carry on on the, on the mission. 
And that voice is a really powerful component of, of how, we, how we can live in our optimized state. Um, and I know you know that. I'm just gonna... No, I love that. Just building off of it. Tell me when we talk about this idea of a, of a creatress, paint for me a picture of that archetypical woman. H- how does she maneuver and move through the world as a builder and as a creator and as a leader differently than we have possibly envisioned uh, female leaders in the past? A creatress is a woman who's really in touch with herself. Like she has that communication with her body. She knows that her body is her best friend. Like she listens to that. And so she has an innate wisdom and she also has her sovereignty. She thinks for herself and she creates her own reality that is like super beneficial to who she is and who she wants to be and who she desires to be. And one of the main components also as she's creating her life is also understanding the power of her subconscious mind. Because when it comes to the power of our mindset and our belief system, it's really important to have a distinction between what is ours and what is other. And so as a creatress, we sift through what is other and we go to the core of who we truly are and what we truly want. Because everything in our third dimensional reality is a reflection of what's truly happening within us. And that's what a creatress knows. She doesn't question that. She knows with certainty that she is the cause of her reality. And so it's just really having that sovereignty and that power, like stepping into that power is everything. Are we all inherently capable of being a creatress? Or are these women, are, are these like special beings that are? Every ones? woman can make the choice and the commitment to be a creatress and to activate and unleash her inner creatress. It's just a choice away. What are the features and how do we move into that state of sovereignty? I love that word. I I use the term self-authorization all the time. I find that it's actually a concept that uh, holds us back more than anything else. This need to look around and, and actually have actual permission or societal permission to move forward with decisions. Like we just can't make the choice ourselves. How do you help people step into that state of sovereignty? Because I feel like for a lot of people, that's like jumping onto this. Like it's a jump. It's a leap for a lot of people. It is a leap. And we have to leap. What is the alternative of not leaping? Staying still and being at a you know standstill? That's, that's a choice. So everything that's uncomfortable to us is a choice to go there. So it's like, You know, when we're growing, the reason why it's called growing pains is because sometimes it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so we have to allow ourselves to be uncomfortable because what we want is on the other side of that. And so, yeah, you need to take a leap. I 100% think that. However, as far as like stepping into your sovereignty, it's just like really allowing yourself to go within and to seek your own answers from within instead of like what you're being told to do. And when you have that subtle voice within you that's questioning something, it's to really honor it and to listen to it and to look deeper within. Because everyone has the ability to touch into their like deepest wisdom. And so our deepest wisdom is there. It's just that if we're watching the news all the time, if we're reading the news, if we're being programmed and mind controlled all the time, we lose that voice within us. Mm-hmm that has that deepest wisdom. 
the question is like, how do we start regaining that? How does the sovereign, powerful, intentional, and I'll argue compassionate woman fit into society at large? Like, how do we reconcile the power that comes from from sovereignty and also recognize that we live in community? One of the challenges and one of the criticisms of our era is that we've become highly individualistic in how we execute in our lives and our in our sense of self-importance. How does the sovereign, powerful woman fit into the community? That's a really good question. I feel like community is so multifaceted and so versatile and dynamic. Like there's so much, there's so much community, right? So there's like society at large and everything within like our government system in a way. So we have like certain laws and rules that we need to abide by. That's one community. But then we have our chosen community our soul family, our soul tribe. And so I feel like as long as you have some sort of community, then you're able to thrive. Does that answer your question? Does that make sense? I, was that where you were? It does. And it, you know, I didn't expect that you would have... I know I was just sitting here in this like poetic pause because I'm thinking on it too. I don't have an answer for it. And I, I think that... Uh, so I was just really curious on your perspective because I'm really curious how we reconcile those two pieces. Partly because I want to provide uh, language that bridges for women and for individuals the yeah but conversations that hold them back from taking that leap. And one of the dialogues that I have heard holds people back from taking that that leap of self-authorization is that, you know, they they get into this whole dialogue around, you know, selfishness and how do we engage in a community and and how do we find the the greater good for everyone? You know, as I listen to you and as I as I reflect on on how I engage in those pieces and how I've watched other leaders engage in those pieces, I have found that when one acts with integrity mm-hmm. and when one is building from a place of integrity, when you can access that powerful sovereign state, you don't it doesn't come at the expense of recognizing the needs and power of community around you. In fact, where the whole idea of purpose to me, purpose as opposed to passion, as I punch my mic. <laughs> is that purpose is actually about broader contribution mm-hmm. and that broader contribution. And so when, we, when we're stepping into a state of, of purpose and, and of power, there's always, an outward, there's always an outward energy. It's not like we're not a bulldozer. We're not like Darth Vader, you know, absorbing all of our power for our own absolute thrill. Like it just, I don't have a vocabulary for it. Uh, I don't know if there's a word for it, but when there is that real intentional, authentic step into self-authorization or sovereignty or, or power. I think one of the powerful things about women being in that state is that we, we are inherently driven by the power of community. Like it's, I don't, I don't find it's often something we leave behind. Absolutely. There's so much that came up while you were speaking, like sovereignty, uh, sovereignty doesn't mean that you aren't in community. Sovereignty just means that you acknowledge how powerful you are and you have the connection with earth and you have a connection with source and you're able to navigate your life through that, through that connection. You're not allowing yourself to be dominated when inherently it feels so wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the distinction between like, you know, what sovereignty is. And so there's nothing selfish about standing in your own authentic power. Mm -hmm. Everyone can just sit with that. 
Like, period. I don't even know if we need to go deeper than that. There's nothing selfish about that. Mm -mm. For any of these things, we can talk about NLP. We can talk about health. Any of these, these tools that give you power can be also a force for negativity in the world. Money can be this tremendous thing that builds beautiful things. It can also be a force for negativity. That is always, that becomes part of the choice you get to make as you step into that, uh, into that sovereign state. But when you hang around with more people who aren't, who aren't making that choice, there's, there's, it brings more power to the potential of positivity. But inaction can also be problematic. Unintentional living can be problematic. It is like, that's where the consumerism comes from. That's where we're attempting to find joy and happiness through, you know, osmosis and, and Netflix and drugs and alcohol. And, you know, there's a, there's a balance to all of these pieces. So I, I love what we're kind of un, unpacking here is that the spirit and intention with which you step into these roles really matters. I know you've created a new program, Conscious Create creatress CEO Unleash. There's a lot of C's there. I like C's in my, uh, in my programming too. What are people going to experience as they move through that course? Like what is it going to give them or enable them to unlock? Sure. So we definitely focus on the creatress golden triad, which is about bridging and integrating the mind, the body, and the soul. And so it's really like going into your mind and unpacking limiting beliefs and like really figuring out what is it that I believe and what is my current equation and program that I have that is creating the life that I'm living at this moment? And so it's unpacking that and, and reformulating it and repatterning it. And then we go through the body and we go through a really good detox as far as like priming the body and you're detoxing your thoughts, you're detoxing your body and all the toxins and really just setting a new foundation for what's coming, which is going to be a new life blueprint and a new vision. And then we go through like the soul and the spirituality aspects and really understanding that your mission here is so much greater than just like a nine to five job or whatever it is at the moment. And so how do we really as female leaders leave earth a better place for all generations to come? That's always like at the basis of everything that I do, because I feel like we are that powerful and together in sisterhood, we can really cause a lot of transformation for the better. And it's needed now more than ever. And that's very apparent. And there's an opportunity. I always look for opportunities because there's so many possibilities, especially when certain systems are crumbling and falling. And we have this like, we have this world of possibilities that we live in and we get the choice of which side we're looking at. Through this program, we're also looking at the hormones and we're looking at adrenal fatigue and burnout and addressing that and plugging in self-care. And the most important thing is just like giving yourself permission to show up for yourself and to dedicate time for you and redefining what success is. Because if we continue going down the road that we're going on, burning the candle on both ends, being exhausted. Like there's a lot of consequences for that. And so we need to be really conscious of the price that we're choosing to pay. And many of us were not conscious of that choice or we're not conscious of that price. And so it's an opportunity to really level up in all areas of your life. What a perfect time to do this. It's funny that you're just talking about this notion of rebuilding because I feel everyone's talking about how the world is a really horrible place right now. And, I, and all I see is possibility and opportunity. Like the way we've always done it is literally crumbling around us. And 
uh, we need conscious leadership now more than ever, but it is a spectacular time to raise your voice and build things out uh, a new way. I think your timing is impeccable on this release. And I also feel like this is a really great time for us to transition the nature of the interview. I want to throw at you something I call our impact ingredients. I've now said this like a million times that the intention here is that these are rapid fire. And then these are also questions that we could spend an hour like pulling apart and debriefing upon. So all I'm going to leave you with is that the intention here is that they're more rapid fire than than deep. And one of these days, I'll change them up enough that we can uh, that we can actually make them super quick. Got it. When you really need to cultivate courage or energy or enthusiasm, and you you don't want to, you're in a total hibernation phase. What is your go to to pull yourself up, yourself out and just show up the way you need to in that moment? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is just a cold plunge. Nice. A really, really cold one. Yeah, that'll <laughs> do it. It lets go all inhibition. You just don't, yeah. You're talking it's, to the cold plunge queen here. Hard. That's how I like reset every morning. <laughs> so I totally hear you. What are you, what are you working on personally right now? I know you're bringing your program to fruition, but in terms of personal growth, like what is the thing that you're like really picking away at in this current moment? The ability to see through my intuitive and like psychic abilities and just like really opening that up. Uh, that's one thing. And then the other thing is just really getting in touch with my uh, sexuality and my yoni power and giving her a voice and allowing her to show up more often. I like that. What is your motivational beverage of choice? Motivation. <laughs> motivational <laughs> beverage of choice. <laughs> Could you please define that question? Um, honestly, sparkling water. Okay. Of course, of course, it was sparkling something. It had to be sparkling something. What's the biggest non-negotiable for you in your life? The biggest non-negotiable for me would be... Dun, dun, dun. Wow, you really got me there. Just really stepping into the higher version of me and living my life on purpose. Like really just being aligned with what I'm here to do on earth this lifetime. Unapologetic unapologetic. As an entrepreneur, were you born with it or did you learn to become an entrepreneur? Born with it. And lastly, what do you want your legacy of impact to be in this lifetime? It just goes back to really doing my part and leaving earth a better place for all generations to come. And it's just through creativity and being authentic and also just being really present with people because sometimes that's enough. And following my intuition and showing up. Beautiful. Uh, Dr. Isabel Sharkar, thank you for being here. I know you're up to amazing stuff. I, I share with you before, we're going to lead everyone towards you. Where's the best place we can uh, send people to keep on taps with what you're up to in the world? Sure. So right now, um, my preferred social media is Instagram. And so you can find me at Izzy Indigo. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, what we're going to do for everybody too is the link to uh, Izzy's Instagram is going to be in our show notes as will uh, an overview and link to her Conscious Creatures program. All of those can be found at meganwalker.com forward slash podcast. Izzy, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. 
Impact is what lives on when we leave the room, tuck them in, or step off stage. It is less about what you do, more about how you make them feel, and everything about how you choose to show up in the world. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this episode. I am your host, Megan Walker. Until next week, aim for impact. Impact.